Hello, and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Corrin. And I'm Dr. Dave Lundquist. And today we have with us a really special guest, Tara O'Grady. I've known her most of her life and have watched her develop into an amazing trainer, equestrian, and human. So, Tara, welcome. Thank you. That was a very lovely introduction. Well, it's all, it's all true because watching her develop as a person and, and someone who understood how the human body works and as a trainer understanding how the equine body works and then putting it together to create an equestrian athlete has been a process that I've had the privilege to watch. So how is it that you developed your own thing in Equestrian Edge? Oh, what a question. Um, organically, I think just many, many years of being, you know, everybody's on their own horse journey, which is a quote from somebody you guys know very well, Eric Rook. <laughs> it's really hard to live without, or lovely farrier. Um, and a lot of it was just um, awareness, self-awareness and awareness of the horses and just years and years of trial and error. But uh, I think that even most recently, I, I learned more things about horses and more things about myself and training and the people I'm training, etc. cetera. Um, but I think if I had to sum up what I do, it's helping horses and riders communicate better with each other and understand each other better so that their journey together can be a positive experience for both. That sounds like the desire of every equestrian I know <laughs> to have it be a more positive experience uh, because for so many it's a stressful, uh, you know, I can't ever get it right, I can't do right. it. There's a lot of people who beat themselves up. Sure, and that comes with my clients as well as much as I, you know, I think a lot of what I do is um, therapy for the people <laughs> as much as it's not what I planned to do it's a necessity in order for them to break through their own personal things and and you know allow themselves to make mistakes and understand that they're always going to be learning because riding is not something that you just learn how to do and then you're done it's a constant state of being humble and and learning and allowing yourself to be taught and um the same thing for the horse. The horse helps you, <laughs> helps you learn patience, helps you learn humility, um, and helps you pay attention to the other person or other animal that you're with, rather than just focusing on ourself and our ego. Which <laughs> it always seems like the animal's a lot easier than the human. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> I know and, with our dog trainer. Our dog trainer is like, I spend, I spend twenty minutes with a dog. I gotta spend two hours with you, right? Because yes, you it, keep being inconsistent. Sure, absolutely. But I can say that as I I get older, when I was younger, that was definitely my mentality. I would take on any horse in any situation, size, shape, you know, personality. Um, and now that I'm getting older, my body doesn't necessarily want to take on every <laughs> equine issue that. And whether they're most of them, obviously, are created by other riders or trainers, but many are created by um, soundness issues or asymmetries in muscle and things like that that uh, are challenging for a trainer and a rider. Um, but in general, yes, the horses. 
<laughs> the horses well, are easier we, to get through to. We had the opportunity <laughs> to see an Olympian today who, who had a nasty fall and having a conversation with the horse. And um, mm. it's like the song, I fought the law and the law won. Mm -hmm. Well, this is, you know, um, there was a quote I learned back in the 70s that said, ride the horse in the direction it's going. <laughs> and um, mm -hmm. at sometimes when it becomes a versus, Rather yeah, it really never win. can be. And, you know, the moments that I have to be, I'm going to call it more firm, um, I don't like to say forceful, are usually because of something that, the, a preconceived idea that the horse has because of past experience with other humans or riders. Um, and sometimes to get my point across or whatever's going on, I have to be firm. But I don't, you have to read their energy and understand that, how far you can push it and that they have to it has to be clear to them as soon as they're frustrated there's absolutely no training to be gained see i i love that because that's what he said he said mm -hmm. the horse was this way because there had been a timid person on it who left them and he learned where that fine line was where he mm -hmm. could be and now has a different technique sure and that's the best riders we know, the most successful riders mm -hmm. we know, are the most humble. Mm -hmm. And they take the responsibility be. for the communication. They never blame the horse. Never. Nope. And, and it's really, that's probably one of my hardest things as a trainer working with amateurs is to be constantly telling them that it's not the horse's fault because that's a really hard thing for people to hear that, you know, it, <laughs> this is on you, but, but it's okay. <laughs> That that's the big part of it. It's okay that your horse is reacting this way because of something that you're doing, you know, or you don't know how to do yet, or that you're doing incorrectly, or your communication. It's, it basically comes down to communication. That your communication is not clear because horses do want to please. Of course, they get in places where they're untrusting and they don't. But I can take a horse that is, you know, really had a, had a rough life and and ready for battle and within one ride get him wanting to make me happy because I'm patient and humble <laughs> and I take the time needed I, it's, you know and that's super rewarding but it works the same way with humans when I get a person to understand that and and gain knowledge and compassion and communication skills with their horse and stop you know blaming the horse or blaming themselves even and just open to it oh my gosh it's super rewarding as well i i love to hear that and, and do you notice a difference or do you have a preference for adult versus younger riders or does it go i don't i like to do different things because you know if i taught professionals all day that would get boring and if i taught kids all day that would get boring so i like to do a little bit of both um it, sure, as I get older, I think teaching people with a larger base knowledge, um, things get more technical and, and more fun for sure. But some days just having a kid that's, you know, brand new and so excited to learn is, is just as fun. And I think there is the key, excited mm -hmm. to learn as mm -hmm. opposed to it didn't do what I want. It's, right. There's, give, I want another one. You of know? course. And, um, or people that are just looking to show off their skills. That's, they, they end up very disappointed. <laughs> horses, can make, horses can make a big decision about it. Oh, yeah. Yo, you want to see your skills? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And trainers, like, you know, when people come to me and, and, and they're excited to show me what they know and then I have 
things to tell them. You know, you're coming to pay me not to watch you and tell you how great you are, but to help improve and move things forward. And some people are not actually looking for that. Right. But some people are just looking for And they can move on the, and find yeah, another trainer because right. I'm Next really time. bad. Yeah. yeah. I will tell you everything you're doing wonderfully and fabulous and then add to it. But, I'm, you know. Well, and there is, I think, how people can take in information is when it's not beating them with it, it's adding. It's We're not right. taking away your knowledge. No. We're just... Right, yeah. giving not you discounting what you do. know, and just I mean, yeah. I mean, that's how we feel about chiropractic. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're we're adding to your toolbox of things to do, exactly. with not replacing. I will not replace your dentist, or no. your carry, or your primary <laughs> care. And if there's blood, sure. do not call me. Right? <laughs> yes. I, or bone I, sticking out. Or bone yeah. sticking yeah. out. Yeah. Don't call us. Call us. Um, <laughs> yes, really. We've had a few. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm sure. I would say my horse is like, well, maybe if the nail wasn't sticking in its foot, it <laughs> yeah, would walk better. Right. I can't you know, help with that. Think, you know, helping people be more observant mm -hmm. is, is a piece. And how did you come up with the name Equestrian Edge? Oh, my gosh. That was so long ago. I, I don't even know if I remember. I think um, it was a little bit of a play on words, like an edge to your equestrian um, I love whatever it. you're doing. I, I know. Like, it's like, <laughs> I, I, that's how it, we came up with our tagline, Fit to be First, mm -hmm. because you I were there that. when yes, I created I that. And it's like, you're fit? Mm -hmm. Are you capable or are you athletic mm -hmm. enough? And, you know, it's just mm -hmm. when I listen to the words of that, it's so what you do, because you get an edge by having an edge, by being right. sharp. Being uh, an, an, you know, a an edge above the rest is, I guess, what I was going for, um, which is in everything I do, I, I have trouble not being humble and I have to push myself because it's really hard to get ahead in this industry, just being quiet and doing what you do and not going out there and being kind of, I don't know, ostentatious and... <laughs> Peacock. Yes, yes. I'm not good at that. I think that I look that way when I'm teaching because I'm so excited and passionate about what I'm doing, but oh. I'm not passionate about bragging about what I do. About when you get on a horse you've never ridden before and go, oh, I think I'm just going to take it around this eventing course and jump <laughs> over things. And I'm like, seriously, my horse can do that. I, who knew? You did. And Well, you know. I didn't know, but I tried this and that, and that worked. And so then we did some of this and... And I, I don't know, I do, after thousands and thousands of horses, you do get a little, just like you do with people, and I'm sure you do with a chiropractic, you can look at a horse and know without even putting your hands on it what it needs or what it's capable of and not capable of. It's the same thing. I'm not always right, <laughs> of course. They always <laughs> prove me wrong, but a lot of times. That's what keeps you humble. And exactly, that's, that's what keeps me learning. That's what, what it is. keeps you learning, yeah. exactly right. It's like, when, oh, I'm so expect this. Yeah. Oh, well. Right. Now I'll learn to expect this mm -hmm. and this. Sure. And I'm that. excited when I think that something is one way, and then I'm like, oh, no, that's not what he needs or that's not what he wants, and trying to figure out what it is because they, they teach me constantly, uh -huh. as do other professionals. I will say I'm, um, the horses have taught me equally as much as other riders have, and, and I've been blessed to ride with a lot of very talented coaches and riders London Gray being one of them who I'm super excited to have her out because I have not had a lesson with her in quite a few years I think two years at least um, and of course I'm happy she's going to be teaching some of my students but selfishly <laughs> right <laughs> I'm in need of a butt kicking too so 
Yeah, it's it's really lovely to be able to be seen through someone else's eyes. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, I like when people follow us around and ask me what I'm doing, and I'm like, oh, did I do that? Because <laughs> sure. when you're in the moment, you don't Absolutely. know what you're doing. Yeah, and that's what coaching has done for me. It's made my riding um, so much better because I have to be aware of exactly what I'm doing so that I can tell the next person how to do what it is that I'm doing, and I didn't. You know, I, I think when I started coaching people, it was not because I thought I want to teach. It was just because people started asking me as they were watching me, right, can you help me with this? And I said, sure. And then as I was saying out loud what I thought they should do, I was also thinking to myself, oh, yeah, that's what I do. Like, I, I didn't yeah. know. You know, it, it, it kind of clarified we, things. We found me. that out just with what we do. And Dustin was following us around. We were writing the book, and mm -hmm. Wendy would say, "Oh, I do this," and Dustin goes, "No, <laughs> no, <laughs> leave you it may to think Dustin you do to that, it. right? But you actually did this, this, and this." Mm -hmm. and I'm like, "Yeah, shoot, he's right." Yeah, yeah, because there's things that like chunking our brain, you know, things that we yeah. we it's six different things, and we're doing it to us. It's one motion, but it's actually it's a whole exactly. bunch of pieces. Lots of pieces. And, yeah. and you know, yeah. he can chunk things down too. Oh yeah, <laughs> you'll know exactly where you yeah. started, and Absolutely. oh my god. I always start here, except when I don't. Mm-hmm, exactly, and, yeah. And sometimes it's so hard. To, people ask me all the time, you know, it's having to do with confirmation or watching a horse move or, you know, well, why do you don't, why don't you think that horse is good for this or why do you, and sometimes I don't know. I just know that I can look at that horse and tell you that he he's not going to be comfortable doing this job or he's, you know, he's going to be, he should, he'd be, phenomenally athletic if he you know went into this program and did this and other ones that I look at and I just say no I, you don't want that horse and you don't want and I don't always know it's just a mathematical calculation that my brain does over years of seeing and sitting on thousands so and thousands, of, thousands horses. of horses yeah, exactly it's just, yeah it's almost unknown to you because it be, it's become such an unconscious process exactly you don't have to think about it Mm -hmm. And you don't. If That's you had thing, time but... to think about it, you wouldn't know it. No, and right, exactly. And I do actually do want to get better at being able to tell you why I don't like a certain horse's confirmation because sometimes I could pick out a couple little things that aren't perfect. But in general, in, you know, as far as on, um, what's the word I'm looking for, um, textbook-wise, the horse is not put together badly, but there's just something I'm summing up that I'm saying, nope. Not that one. <laughs> well, they say, you know, even the, the in baseball, if you take the people who have the best batting average and the best this, and you ask them how, they're like, well, they, they throw the ball and I hit it. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, well, there's got to be more to them than that. Yeah. And, well, not to them. Mm -hmm. Not to them because it is. It is that internal calculations. And, sure. and it takes sometimes other people watching what you do and go, oh, I noticed mm -hmm. that you looked here first and that you did this mm -hmm. first. And then once they bring it to your attention, then you might be able to bring it up to consciousness. Right. Yeah, that's why it's called unconscious competence because right. you don't have to think about it. And so you don't think about it. Mm -hmm. Even when people ask you specific questions, you don't think about it in the steps. You mm -hmm. think about it in the general sense that, oh, you do this. Sure. But not every specific little thing. Where, where specifically do you start? Mm -hmm. And that's sometimes a really difficult thing to know unless you film yourself doing it and then go, oh, okay. Right. And a lot of it is, that's what I was saying, is my coaching has gotten me to be more aware of what I do when I'm riding because I, I tend to, over the last 10 years, I'm doing more coaching than I am riding. So it's super important that I can, and, I, and not to discount riding because I, I think I do sit on every horse that 
I'm when I'm working with a horse and rider pair, I have sat on that horse at least one time. Sometimes I need to sit on it ten times. Sometimes I need to sit on it for two minutes. Right. <laughs> but I have to because it is. Um, well, I don't have to. I suppose I could trial and error and get to the bottom of things. It's more effective if you it's do. It's much yes. more efficient. If efficient I do. being the better word. And, I agree. Yeah. Especially if you're trying to get a horse to a certain level. Sure. That that client isn't really that capable of at that point. Absolutely. You they, as a trainer have to work that Right. Horse. I can get on and troubleshoot in five yes. minutes, which would take us six months to troubleshoot with them trying to do it. Or maybe couldn't happen at all. Um, but I I envy London Gray in that she I've seen her come in, and I've worked with a lot of other Olympians. I'm bringing her up specifically because I don't think there's been a time that she's come in and seen a new client or horse of mine and not figured out what's going on within you know 15 minutes and and that's and I'm pretty good at it but I still just recently I have been teaching a woman and her thoroughbred who I love he's little and catty and sensitive and super super willing Um, and there was some stuff going on that I was right about but there was a lot going on that I was unaware of until I got on him and I went oh (laughs) Well, gosh, I'm glad I sat on him because I didn't, you know, I would never, it would have taken forever to figure it out otherwise. I I actually have had that chiropractically Mm -hmm. and I am not a master rider, as you know. Sure. (laughs) I am a master feeler. Mm -hmm. And this was at WEF at the big horse show and all this and this horse just wasn't making a lot of sense and Mm -hmm. I'm like, Okay, can I please sit on it? Mm-hmm. And I did, and I'm like, oh, shoulder's not moving. I right. felt it that second, got right off of it because mm-hmm. uh, it's a safer spot. And but it told me because of the feel. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, that is, that is really critical. Um, and, you know, to be willing to listen. So if, if you had an, the ideal client, and we know that they could be young and they could be old and they could be mm-hmm. dressage and they could be eventing and they can be hunter jumper, you know, like sure. you're, you're that diversified, but what would you wish that they came in knowing when they approach you and say, can you help me? Is there something that makes them well good fit for you? Anybody, I'd, I'd, I'll work with anybody, but what I wish I could tell or get across to everyone that sits on a horse is that the horse is going to emulate what you do with your body from your big toe to your pinky and the top of your head and it's not about so much about using individual aids it's about showing them with your body what you want them to do with their body and that's a as dressage riders and trainers um that's something that you must understand and learn but dressage just means training it's just a higher level of communication and for the hunter jumper rider or the event rider or anybody that rides if you understand that everything gets so much easier the communication is is coming from your body not your hands and your legs but your entire body we, we often say to people, the aids you don't know you're giving work just as well as the ones you choose to give. Mm-hmm. And if the horse is bulging this way, you are telling them to, unless they're mm-hmm. avoiding pain. Unless right, of not, course, unless they the have only reason. Sure, but it's just generally speaking, it. even if it is the reason, if you put your body into the position that you want them to be in and help squeeze them to that place or bring them, to, they will they will start to muscle up and change what they're doing to match what you're doing. 
but that's you know half the battle is knowing and half the battle is being able to do that because it is difficult which goes back to what i was saying about there's certain horses that i see and i think oh my god the amount of muscle i need to hold my position to where i want them to be and bring them to where i want them to be is physically difficult right well we we know that there are amazing horses that will rise to the occasion of and, and make up for a, a rider deficiency. Sure. And then there Those are, are the riders who ride ones. horses better. Yes. Where you can actually take that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and the combination of both is what gets you those magical I get Olympian. goosebumps. I get goosebumps sure. thinking about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I know that in the past even I had a horse that if I rode, he healed me. Mm-hmm. And I had a horse that if I rode... <laughs> He broke I, you. He broke yeah, me. Yeah. I knew we were out of sync. And yeah. then you have to discuss whether it's worth it. Is right. it worth yeah. it? You know, yeah. if there's a better horse for the job. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's what we say with people with saddle fit. Oh, gosh. When the saddle is really damaging the horse and someone says, I love my saddle, well, we say, you, how much take do you your love saddle your horse? horse shopping. Right. And when you find a horse that fits under it, <laughs> exactly. that's your horse. You know, exactly. which do you love more? That's probably my biggest pet peeve is people that aren't. You love their horse so 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 much, but aren't willing to get it a saddle that fits. I'm like you, you have and this then that's horse you spent love. a bajillion dollars on, and your yeah. four thousand dollar saddle you don't want to. Them. <laughs> yeah. But I, like everything, it's, it comes from a place of understanding. And if they possibly understood the importance of it, I would think that they would be fine with getting a new saddle. Yeah. So. It, well, we just say you know, so go out and buy a pair of shoes that's a two sizes too small, and tell exactly. your foot to just deal with it. Yeah. You know, it, well, it, you're trying to do very athletic things. Exactly, and <laughs> then go for a run. Yeah. Exactly, and then maybe you'll understand what you're doing yes. for your horse. Yeah. Well, this is this has been fantastic and wonderful. And if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to find you? Um. Well, they can call me, <laughs> but I'm on oh. Facebook, and um, my website is an equestrianedge.com. It's easy. Um, my email is an equestrianedge at gmail.com, so that's easy. And my phone number is 203-803-5113. And I will put that out in the, uh, in the information section of the podcast. So if you have any questions for Tara or for us about, please feel free to contact us at equiline.com and as always this has been an equiline podcast i'm dr wendy corin and i'm dr dave lundquist have a wonderful day